Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Reese Waters podcast. We're calling it District of Champions, which has everything to do with why I'm doing this podcast. A lot of people asked me to do a podcast ever since I left ESPN, and I resisted because, well, we ain't have a whole lot to talk about. If you just want to hear somebody complain, you would ride the bus. I know a lot of y'all ride the bus and you resent it. So I'm not trying to give you that bus energy. But now we actually have something to talk about because we've won stuff, which is why I've named it the District of Champions. We got stuff to talk about. We got the Capitals Championship since I left, the Mystics Championship since I left. Uh, First of all, let me start with the Capitals Championship because that was one that was near and dear to my heart because I am from PG County. I call it PG County. I know y'all want to make me lose my voice and say the whole Prince George's. I say PG County because when we grew up, we called it PG County. I like calling it PG County because you just get to make up what PG meant. We didn't even know what PG meant. We just made stuff up. People out here calling it Pretty Girl County, Pettigoon County, whatever you want to call it. Shout out to the PG County public school systems, uh, not cementing that it was, in fact, Prince George's. So I grew up with PG. I'm going PG. Mama called him Clay. I'm going to name him Clay. Me being from PG County, I passed by the now defunct Cap Center all the time. And even before it was defunct, before they moved to the city, we always used to pass by the Cap Center. My mom used to work at the Cap Center for the Bullets and Caps games back in the 70s. So that's near and dear to my heart. When they won in the championship parade and you saw all those old black people out there celebrating, knowing they never watched hockey a day in their life, they probably did. Back in the day, it was one of the few things that we had to do to entertain ourselves in PG County. So we feel a certain connection in PG with the Washington Capitals. So that meant something to me, of course, the Washington Mystics and and, and all of the support that they have gotten from our community over the years. Was happy about that. Then the Nationals finished, started 19 and 31 and gave us the first Major League Baseball championship. We got Bruce Allen up out of here. Another thing that we have to celebrate. We can celebrate that like a championship. That is basically Bruce Allen being fired is our fourth championship. You got the Capitals, the Mystics, the Nationals, and a new GM for the Washington Redskins who were 0-163 with Bruce Allen as their GM. I know there's a rumor out there that they won 62 games with him as GM, but can you really call yourself a winner if Bruce Allen is your GM? I don't think you can. Plus, every win made it one game harder to fire him. Every game that his keys worked in the Redskins facilities, we were losers. So that is another title, another banner. I would hang that if I could. I would hang a banner that says the culture is damn good over FedEx Field. It would be the thing we have to celebrate most in the last decade. And we even got stuff to celebrate in this here season. We got to look forward to a playoffs with no potential Cowboys championship, no potential Patriots championship, no potential Kirk Cousins championship. You like that? You like that? I tell you this, Vikings fans, every Redskins fan would have told you that they were going to lose that next game after I saw him go with you like that we have seen this song and dance before i if i could have taken that to vegas i would have if i could have taken it to the green turtle or bet in dc i would have as it is i had to drive out to west virginia but at least i made it worth my while make a little scratch because we all knew that it was no way kirk cousins was going to deliver multiple games in a row then you have the ravens i don't know how y'all feel about the ravens personally I don't have an issue with the Ravens. It's not a Giants-Jet situation because they didn't exist when I was a kid. So I don't have beef with the Ravens, per se, when they came about. It was was a dark time for Redskins fans, and we were forced to watch all the Redskins games. So at least it gave us some other watchable football uh, while we picked ourselves up over the course 
of the past 25, 30 years, it's been a long time picking ourselves up. But at least they've given us a pleasant distraction. So I'm mad at the Ravens. Of course, I love Lamar Jackson. He's the most exciting player in football. But did you really have to drop all the Lamar Jackson highlights into the Redskins games? I, You know, I really wasn't feeling watching them celebrate and enjoy themselves up I-95 drop into us losing by four touchdowns. I wasn't feeling that with Dwayne Haskins limping around. I could have done without that. But in any event, the Ravens, will not be winning the Super Bowls. We, we we have some things to celebrate. And and so now that gave me the impetus to want to do this podcast because we have positive things to talk about. I didn't just want to do group therapy. You know, I've done it before. I'd have to charge way more money for group therapy than I am for this podcast, which is zero. So now we have me feeling good about where we are as a people, as DC sports fans. I'm feeling myself a little bit, and that's why I decided to go ahead and call this the District of Champions. Now, of course, we have taken some L's. We no longer have Jason Garrett to look forward to next year. That's unfortunate. There's there's really nowhere to go but up. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the Jason Garrett memes. I have probably 35 Jason Garrett memes or, or ginger adjacent memes in my drafts that I have to get off in the next day and a half. So that that is that is certainly something that's an L, although it's been amusing to watch uh, their coaching search as well as the Giants coaching search. I'm pretty sure they put the Giants job on LinkedIn. Like I got emails about the Giants job every 45 minutes when I normally get my LinkedIn invitation, which is every 45 minutes. Of course, we lost David Stern. That was a, a certainly a big L for the basketball community, and uh, I am not one of the basketball community because I was trash, but I am a fan of basketball, and I am a supporter of the basketball community, and uh, David Stern was certainly one of the most powerful forces in modern sports, if not the most powerful force in modern sports in shaping the NBA and basketball what it is today. By the way, I happened to watch Aside. I happened to watch The Quiet Storm, which is that Ron Artest documentary. I was bored and it popped up on YouTube and it was two hours of my life. Like I, I find Ron Artest, Metal World Peace, uh, Metal World War, whatever he's going by now. Uh, I find him fascinating. Check that out. I, def- I'm, I am of the opinion that that Pacers team at least would have gone to the finals that year. I thought they got a raw deal. I thought they would have at least gone to the finals. But what was so fascinating about that documentary to me, Jermaine O'Neal sounds like the wisest dude to ever wear a jersey and a backwards hat. Like, if you cl- if you close your eyes and you listen to Jermaine O'Neal, you would think a man is addressing a Fortune 500 company. Um, I'm into quite a few tech companies. Um, I do restaurants, I do real estate. He sounds so mature. He sounds uh, so wise and, and, and progressive and introspective. And then you open your eyes and he looks like an extra from a Cassidy video or Chingy. I'm, I, it was an unbelievable disconnect. I don't know how he's able to pull that off, but he is able to pull that off. And then, of course, you have the lack of black coaches in the NFL. I don't know what there is to be done about that. I mean, they passed the Rooney Rule and they found ways to circumvent the Rooney Rule to hire random people. Uh, you know, the, the issue with the NFL 
is really no different than the issue that we have in general society. But in general society, we've accepted that we have our biases and we act on our biases and we have to act uh, in ways to correct that for the good of society. And for some reason in the NFL, uh, we are somehow resistant to that. Even though the NFL, I mean, they're taking public money. They have even more responsibility than your private companies to get this right. And somehow they seemingly have not. In fact, there's the same amount of black coaches now, three, than there were when the Rooney Rule was instituted back in 2003. I feel at least fortunate uh, that here in Washington we have Ron Rivera. So we're at least we're at least contributing to the minority population, bumping that up to a whopping four minority coaches in the NFL. Prince Harry said if Eric Bieniemy of the Chiefs didn't get a job, he was going to move to Canada. I didn't think he was serious, but evidently he was serious. Uh, I didn't think it was that deep, uh, but I can understand how you could be that upset. And by the way, shout out to whoever made that joke. Somebody made a joke on Twitter saying that uh, they didn't realize in the racial draft that when we traded Kanye and we got a pick to be named later, it would end up being a royal. It definitely uh, ended up be being a royal. You know, I actually have some personal... Uh, it's affected me personally because my girlfriend saw what Prince Harry did and sacrificing and walking away from all that he walked away from to protect his marriage and protect his wife. And that is now the leader in the clubhouse for the way a man is supposed to behave. So I have to be now willing to walk away from royalty. Uh, I'm not willing to walk away from like a good Sunday dinner. You know, if her, if her feelings are hurt, I say, hey, can you wait in the car while I finish this macaroni and cheese? Or at least, or at least get it to go play. Can I, can I, can I at least get it to go play? But now, uh, Prince Harry is now being held over my head. Uh, something that I thought was positive, uh, him leaving and doing the right thing, is now somehow an issue. I also find it amusing. You know, what, what's your complaint about royals? People complain about royals. They say that oh, they're pampered and they're selfish and. And they don't connect with the general population. And, and why are they separating themselves? And they're saying, hey, we're not going to do that. And like, yeah, but still, she's black. I mean, I mean, really, that, that's all it amounts to. That's, that's, that's really all it amounts to. And it's, it's only a matter of time before that literally becomes the uh, complaints that you see in the British tabloids. Now, in the D.C. athlete corner, because, you know, I'm a supporter of all, all D.C. athletes, Kevin Durant got into it with Kendrick Perkins. Now, Kendrick Perkins, rising star at ESPN, he's actually quite interesting to listen to on the jump. I actually I actually rather enjoy him. Now, he sent out a tweet saying, and by the way, Kevin Durant from PG County, okay? It was still PG when he grew up there too. So he, he gets grandfathered in to saying PG uh, with immunity. So Kendrick Perkins said, in about 30 minutes, I'm going to give my opinion on SportsCenter on why I believe that Russell Westbrook is the best player to have ever put on an Oklahoma City Thunder jersey. He is Mr. Thunder. Okay. Uh, if you want to say he's Mr. Thunder, sure, I can go with that. The best player to have ever put on an Oklahoma City jersey. Come on, man. Come on. That's personal. That's personal. You know, you know good damn well he's not the best player to ever put on an Oklahoma City Thunder jersey, but he's trolling. And somebody somebody called him on that and said, hey, what about Kevin Durant? Uh, to which his response was, KD lost in the second round without Russ when I was there. So what that mean? 
Wow. Well, I I mean, I must have forgot when Russ got past the second round without KD. I I I just must have missed that. Um that that must have been the lost season when I was upset about the officiating uh or sitting in prison with Tim Donahue. I don't know how that is a defense of saying that Russell Westbrook was the best player to ever put on a jersey, not to mention the fact that so a lot of people are giving Kendrick Perkins the benefit of the doubt and saying, "Well, he's not saying that that, that Russell Westbrook is is better than Kevin Durant. He's just saying that he meant more to the organization. Okay, I'll give you that when he said he's Mr. Thunder, but he also preceded that by saying he's the best player to have ever put on the jersey and then took a shot at KD losing in the second round. So KD responded, uh, yeah, and our starting center, Kendrick Perkins, averaged a whopping two and three during that series. You played hard though, champ, LOL. Now, personally, I am not opposed to escalating things. I, I when I used to Joan back in the day, I was a bad Joner, okay? Because I didn't understand that it was supposed to be rules to this. Like I didn't understand we supposed to be making stuff up. I'm like, look, if you have an issue and you bring it to me, I'm coming at that issue. All right, that's it. If you can't afford a left shoe, I'm talking about how you can't afford a left shoe. That I mean, you know, that's that's what I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk about the 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 spot in the back of your head. I'm gonna talk about your grades. I'm gonna talk about all that, okay? I didn't under, I didn't realize it was rules to this. If you come for somebody, you can get kneecapped. That's it. So I don't have a problem with KD escalating this at all because Kendrick Perkins brought it to him, and it's not like he lied. I mean, you know, Kendrick Perkins is trying to hold Kevin Durant responsible for a loss that he was also responsible for. If you are in a group project and you know you contribute little to nothing to that group project, you can't trash the group project, and you certainly can't come at the person who did most of the work. You was out here not answering your phone, hanging out at Cinnabon while we were supposed to be getting together working on this science thing. You can't talk about what we put together. You wasn't part of the project. You contributing two and three, you basically not part of the project, player. You ba- you at Auntie Anne's while we all getting together working on a group project on a Saturday morning. You ain't there. It continued. After Kevin Durant said our center put up a whopping two and three, Kendra Perkins said facts on the averages and facts on the champ part two, and then said, boy, stop, you did the weakest move in NBA history, echoing Stephen A. Smith. Up on a team 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals and then go join them the following season. Heart of a champion right there. So there you have what this is really about. It, it, it didn't take long. And and really, that's how these arguments go, right? Like you start an argument about something else, but once you really get into the heat of battle, once things start going back and forth, then you cut to the heart of the matter at what Kendrick's issue really is with Kevin Durant. In any event, I got no problem with anything Kevin Durant did now should he have responded if he would have asked me, yo, Reese, fellow PG County uh, Boys and Girls Club alum, should I respond? I'd have said, nah, player. No, we would look. I was with the Marlboro Mustangs. Okay, we didn't respond to Seat Pleasant. Okay, when Seat Pleasant was talking trash, we didn't respond to y'all. Okay, because we were above that. And I would have said the same thing about Kevin Durant. Hey, man, Kevin Durant, you 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 above that. Not to mention the fact that everybody knows you're the best player to put on a Thunder jersey. And it just would have made Kendrick Perkins look bad for letting that go unopposed and not acknowledging that you are, in fact, the best player to put on a Thunder jersey. Sometimes discretion is the better part of valor. And I, I, I feel like KD could have used some discretion in that particular scenario. Since he did it, I got no problem with it. If you bring it, 
you can get slapped. That's all. That's that's all there is. Now, anybody who is a veteran of my now defunct ESPN podcast, Off Center, which was spelled weirdly with the SC in the middle because it was supposed to be like a, a sports center spoof, but it made it so that nobody could spell it and nobody could find it. At least that's the reason I give for um, why eight people listen to it. You know, I used to do a segment called Fan of the Week. And typically my Fan of the Week, just because I enjoy sports fans in general, I, I, I find sports fans to be probably the single most hilarious segment of society. Typically some fans that have misbehaved in some particular way, which I support. My Fans of the Week are actually a an organization, a restaurant called Jimmy's Famous Seafood out of Baltimore. They are diehard Ravens fans. They've been tweeting about the Ravens pretty much all season. Now, as a little bit of backdrop, you have to go to the litany of Redskins fans that wholeheartedly decided to adopt the Ravens this postseason. Now, it got so bad that they were actually places where you can get Ravens stencils on your car in the DMV. Like, in D.C., you can go get Raven stencils on your car. We had it out in Prince George's. I'm pretty sure they had it out in Virginia. Like, in the heart of Redskins country, you can get Raven stencils on your car. And this I find absolutely hysterical because it was any organization other than the Redskins I would call foul. But because it's the Redskins, I totally understand. Hey, look, if you are in a bad relationship, sometimes you got to do things to keep your head in the game, okay? Sometimes you're going to hang out a little extra late because you don't want to go home. Sometimes you're going to hit the club with your fellas just to see what's out there. Like, you, you, you know... If you if you stuck in a bad relationship and you can't immediately get yourself out of it, you have to entertain yourselves away from home. Okay. Now, some of these fans probably weren't gonna come back. Okay. Some of these fans are, are actually packing up and leaving the home, buying jerseys, that kind of thing. Okay. And I actually put this out when I hosted radio on the fan. I asked people if they were actually rooting for the Ravens if they were going to become Ravens fans. And people were like, basically, you could step out with the Ravens. But you just can't cheat. So that I, cheating would be going to the steps of buying a jersey or going to a game or something of that nature. But if you just flirting, you know, a little something on your car, you know, watching the game, you know, it's not, it's not, it's nothing wrong with seeing what's out there. Okay, if you're trapped in a relationship that's that bad and you can't get out of them, we all know it's that bad. Now, it was so many Redskins fans that were jumping on the Ravens bandwagon. They actually had a write up in the Washington Post about individual fans in their journey over to Baltimore. Now, after the Ravens lost, Jimmy's Famous Seafood sent out a litany of tweets. Uh, their, one of their tweets was, this is all your fault, Drake. Evidently, uh, Drake hopped on the bandwagon. I will, I, I look, I enjoy Drake slander as much as the next person, uh, but the Raptors did win the title against all odds. Like, it took 85 injuries in order for them to win the title, and, and they still feel proud about it, even though I don't think they should. But technically, the record books will say the Toronto Raptors won the title. So I think the curse is at least broken uh, in that capacity. Or maybe it's just NBA. But Jimmy's Famous Seafood said, this is all your fault, Drake. But then there was a bunch of Redskins fans who decided to come for the Ravens and come for Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Why? I don't know. Maybe because the season has been over for three months and you needed something to do to entertain yourselves. Why you would go at a team that was just eliminated when you were eliminated in October, I have no idea. But some people decided, you know what, 
me trying to make sense of of other people's Twitter fingers is probably not wise. So there's no there's no use in me attempting to do that. So somebody came for for Jimmy Seafood and said the Ravens could have used those manly girls in those pictures from tonight. And I'm calling BBB on y'all for the fun of it. And Jimmy's famous seafood came back with about to drive two forklifts through your nostrils. Look, one thing you can do that will always make me laugh is defend uh, criticism with with personal attacks. Um, that that will always make me laugh. It's it's really not a way of communicate. It's not the kind of of discourse that we typically support in today's society. But on Twitter. Sometimes you look for the lowest common denominator. And fortunately, Jimmy Seafood was able to provide that. Uh, another person said, rather lose in the regular season and get Chase Young and a new front office and coaching staff than be one and done in the playoffs, to which Jimmy's famous Seafood said, that's a fancy way of saying your franchise is trash. I, look, did, did they lie? Did they lie? Did they lie, though? Did they lie? I mean, we have had to ponder the condition of our franchise for so long. We've had to, to to dream about Chase Young for so long, a new front office and a coaching staff for so long. We're completely disconnected from even contending in this season. The idea of contending in this season is so lost on us that we can't even put it in its proper place. You do all of those things so you can, I don't know, get a number one seed and have a home playoff game. Hopefully you would rather you would like to win it, but at least you have it. Buffalo Wild Wings didn't even at Jimmy Seafood, just sent a general tweet that said, hey, Baltimore fans, we have beer, uh, to which Jimmy Seafood quote tweeted and said, and trash food. On a roll, on a roll, somebody else came for Jimmy Seafood. Let me guess, the boys at Jimmy Seafood not going to respond tonight, are they? Come at me, bruh. To which Jimmy's famous seafood said, more time waxing your eyebrows, less time tweeting seafood restaurants. Then there was the guy who said uh, to Jimmy Seafood, talked all that mess. He, he, he cussed. Uh, for your team to get bounced immediately, shut up and make sure your food is edible before talking next time. To which Jimmy's famous seafood said, stay out of this Urkel. Now that hit me in a sensitive place because any kid, any black kid who grew up in the 80s or 90s, who had glasses and braces and maybe knee pads, uh, wore a lot of plaid. We all had to be Urkel. We all we all had to be Urkel. I feel, there's people I went to junior high school with. Shout out to Walker Mill Middle. There's people I went to middle school with that don't even know my real name. Then there was the guy who said to all the former Redskins fans who jumped to Baltimore, stay far over there. Ain't no coming back to the burgundy and gold. Just kick rocks. Screw that whack purple and gold. And O at Jimmy Seafood, F your team, bro. Uh, to which Jimmy's famous seafood quote tweeted and said, just like your wife, they're not coming back. You know, I don't know that to be true of that gentleman. I'm just going to assume it's true and applaud it. That is uh, a tour de force by Jimmy Seafood. That is the way you go out. You go out with personal attacks. You go out with people's physical appearance their wives, their, their, their broken families and relationships, exploiting that. Uh, you go out slandering the competition. That is the way you end the season. And for that reason, Jimmy Seafood are my fans of the week. Lastly, before I leave, uh, there was some conversation on the DCS. We actually talked about it on the morning show about uh, what's the best and the worst seat to sit, on, sit in in the Metro 
And there are some lunatics out there who actually prefer to sit in the cubbyhole seat where you have the no leg room, like way in the corner when the other seat is across you to the side. Why does anybody willingly sit in this seat? I look at you like a serial killer when you're in an empty metro train and you have willingly chose to sit in that seat. Is it that you are so lacking of human connection that you have to squeeze yourself in between the plastic just to feel close to something? Why do you do that? Who chooses to sit there? And why is it that everybody, the least showered person in the metro will sit in that seat? Because I'll be doggone if it doesn't smell like funk even when nobody is there. You have to be the filthiest person in the city to sit there and people willingly sit there. I don't understand why you do it. It has to change. And that is the reason why I'm doing this podcast because we have improved. We have gotten so much better as a city, so much better as fans, so much better as a people. We are now champions. And as champions, we have to change and we have to do things a little bit better. And I am here for that. I'll be here every week. Sometimes I have a guest, sometimes not. I'll also be taking questions as well. So when I sent out this podcast and when I post clips of this podcast on Instagram on, and on Facebook and on Twitter, feel free to ask me any questions because I'll be answering them in the ensuing podcast. But I want to thank everybody who bared with me. In the meantime, when I didn't have a podcast, when I didn't have an outlet, I appreciate you. Make sure you catch me on the morning show, Get Up DC, 6 a.m. on WSA 9. And certainly make sure you catch uh, me on the fan, 106.7. I'll be there on Martin Luther King Day and some ensuing dates. And last but not least, I'll have a live show coming up soon, but you have to stay tuned for all the details. But this has been the first inaugural episode of District of Champions. I'm Reese Waters. I'm out, Joe!